When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, hello, dear podcast listener. Chris Evans here, and welcome back to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up on this one... The web-slinging wonder that is Tom Holland chats his latest action-adventure film, Uncharted. Singing and songwriting sensation George Ezra waxes lyrical about his brand-new single, Anyone For You, and we had a guitar in the studio and he couldn't help himself. You know, I tried to stop him, but he just had to give us a bit of live as well. Incredibly tall TV funny man Tom Davis gives us the lowdown on his brand-new Channel 4 dramedy series, The Curse, set in the 80s. You can whiff the 80s through the screen it's absolutely fantastic and Big Bang Theory's Kunal Nayar tells us all about his thrilling new Apple TV Plus show Suspicion all of that and so much more to come so Dapper Dave who is first if you look at any billboard on earth there's a 99% chance his face is on it his new movie Uncharted is out in cinemas next Friday and here to tell us all about it is the globe trotting Spider-Man of the moment it's Tom Holland good morning Tom how are you my friend I'm very well thank you Chris how are you mate oh great great well well done and welcome. What? Wow. How are you doing at the moment? How 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 high is your star flying at the moment? How does it feel, Tom? <laughs> I feel really good, mate. I feel really good. You know, Spider-Man, uh, you know, is, is a project that was a huge labour of love and we're all delighted to see how successful it's been and how much love it's got. So I feel great, mate. And, you know, Uncharted is coming out, which is a movie I'm incredibly proud of. So I'm... Uh, Feeling on top of the world, if I'm honest. Yeah, you're pretty cool. Have you have you read Will Smith's book, Will? Uh, I haven't. I've got to be honest. Right, listen, just read it, pal. Just read it, because you know who am I to say anything to you about your career whatsoever? But it's like a playbook of how to 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 carry on being as good as you already are by somebody who's been there, done it, and and bought and worn all the t-shirts. Just just make that a book you read, because I, I just think okay. it's really important. I just, just absolutely. Be awesome. All right, I'll, I'll get I'll get it going. Okay, so we have um, loads of texts about you, uh, about people looking after you as a little boy, babysitting for you, about your your dad. <laughs> being best man at various people's weddings and um, uh, Rachel is pretty taken because she knows your dad really well Rachel Horn and um, okay. yeah, so this is Alex Horn's wife Alex has created Taskmaster of course and um, she was pretty taken with your dad's book Rachel Hi Tom how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you, Rachel. How are you? I'm very well. So my husband uh, was on the Edinburgh scene at the same time as your dad, and he's a huge fan of your dad's. And I just love that uh, your dad reacted to your fame by writing his book, How Tom Holland Eclipsed His Dad. Did he ask for your (laughs) input? (laughs) Sorry, say that again. Did he ask for your input? Yeah, of course he did. It was actually a very collaborative process. You know, uh, it's a a wonderful thing for my family and I to have, you know, to go back and be able to reminisce about our times in Thailand and, you know, the, the beginning of my career and seemingly the demise of his <laughs> uh, but bless him uh, but no I, I i love that book and i, and I love my dad for sort of putting our memories on the page yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's 
very big thing for our family. No, it's super cool. And I'm sure that's all, you know, speaks to the stability and the level-headedness you seem to have um, you. with your career. I, I, actually, I think you're awesome. I think the way you're handling everything is awesome. I really do. And I don't mean that in any kind of patronising or condescending anyway. I think you're, you're doing this. You're absolutely nailing this, Tom, seriously. Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate that. All uh, right. So you are in a movie with your heroes, uh, many of your heroes. Uh, tell us about Uncharted. How much were you aware of Uncharted before you were invited to be in the film? Uh, it's an interesting one, you know. Uncharted is a huge video game. It sold 40 million copies worldwide. And, you know, while I was shooting Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, obviously uh, it being a Sony movie and Sony owning PlayStation, they were kind enough to gift me a PlayStation. And in between the breaks uh, or the setups on Spider-Man, I would play Uncharted in my trailer. And, you know, the video game, it really lends itself to the big screen. It's very cinematic. It has a very intriguing and adventurous story. Uh, so, you know, it sort of sparked my interest as to whether or not I could play this character. And then, I don't know, four or five years later, uh, that sort of dream came true. And it feels surreal to be promoting the film today. Honestly, I, I can't quite believe it. Well, it's uh, super cool. And there's been lots of online uh, footage of you and this one particular stunt. Um, let's, let's talk about that for a second. A, a stunt that took five weeks to film. Is that right? Are you talking about me falling out of an aeroplane? Well, yeah. I mean, very dramatically and artistically and theatrically. You know, you know you're not just falling because that wouldn't have taken five weeks. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, no, it's pre pretty spectacular, pretty sophisticated. And you're, you're in it. You're the guy doing all the thing from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly tough. It was incredibly, incredibly tough. Uh, but, you know, for all the right reasons, we wanted to create an action sequence that was breathtaking, that, you know, really hadn't been seen before. So that meant that we had to kind of push the boundaries of what we could do with practical stunts. But I did have a hilarious moment uh, on the set of Spider-Man No Way Home because we shot that directly after shooting Uncharted. And I was sitting down with Zendaya and I was... Uh, trying to explain to her what Uncharted was about. And I was like, yeah, there's this stunt I did where I fell out of an aeroplane. Well, I get hit by a car that is falling out of an aeroplane. And she was like, wait, what? How on earth does that happen? This film sounds ridiculous. And I was like, you have to wait and see the film. It makes sense when you see the film, but... Me explaining it to you makes no sense at all. So Noah, uh, who's 12, uh, nearly 13, he was watching the trail with me last night and he said, Ted, I'm not sure. I love Tom. You're his favourite actor, by the way, by miles. Oh, by you. miles, by miles, by miles. And um, he said, but I'm not sure I can watch this film. I said, why not? He said, because they destroy a Mercedes STL 300. <laughs> well, I can confidently say that it is not a real... <laughs> Uh, Mercedes. It is a Volkswagen with a carbon fiber top, and they made a very, they played a very cruel trick on me. I walked onto set and saw it, and you know, the car fanatic that I am, I freaked out and was like, "Oh my god, how did you get one?" Yep. And they were like, "Funny story, it's actually going to be yours to take home after the shoot." What? And I was freaking out, freaking out. This is amazing. I said, "Can I have the keys?" And they're like, "Yeah, brilliant. Go and get in it." And the door didn't open, and then I found out that it was just a prop. And I was very disappointed. Oh, my goodness me. Right, we haven't talked about the plot. I mean, there is a plot. There's a $5 billion thing going on. Because, you know, the cinematic world has to, to up the ante now where cash is concerned. Because crypto, yes. the crypto guys are alive <laughs> and kicking. So it's got to be in the billions. What, what, what particular $5 billion treasure trove are you chasing with your pals on the big screen? Uh, the, so it is the story of Magellan's Lost Gold, which yep. is a real story. You know, there is this, this myth that out there somewhere is $5 billion billion dollars worth of ancient treasure uh, and Nathan Drake and Victor Sullivan are these sort of 
uh, misfit team that don't really belong together, but they make it work and they are on the hunt for this treasure. Uh, and they are up at, they, it's a race. They are racing against, you know, the incredible Antonio Banderas, who for me was a dream come true to get to work with. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. It's a family movie. It's an action <laughs> flick. Uh, and it's very adventurous and it's it's a great way to escape. Tom, I know this is your first interview, a long day today. I really appreciate you fitting us in. Give our love to your family uh, and well done. Congratulations. But please try and read that book, Will, or at least listen to the audiobooks. I think you'll really enjoy it. I absolutely will. I absolutely will. Right, Thank man. you, guys. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on the Cheers, show. Cheers, Tom. Lots of love. Uh, there he is. What a pro. 25 years old and he is so on it. It's ridiculous. Congratulations. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He's ridden shotgun, had paradise running through his veins, and now he's back for more. The new single, Anyone For You, is out now, and the album, Gold Rush Kid, is coming very soon. So please welcome someone who, just like bikini bottoms and lager tops, we can get very used to. It's the magnificent George Ezra! Morning, George! Hello, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for coming. Not at all. Thank you for having me. It's been an arduous journey. It's been like your own tough mudder this morning, hasn't it, getting here? Something like (laughs) that. Yeah, it, was, it was nothing quite, but it was, um, we're good. I'm well, here. What happened? What happened? Just tell us about the adventure. Well, I believe there was an accident somewhere between Tottenham and Seven Sisters. Well, if you're on the road, you heard it here first. Okay. Maybe not. You might be going through what I was just going through. There was a standstill traffic jam. Right. So I jumped out the car, yes. ran to the station. Yes. I'm here. All for us. All for you, You wonderful human being. (laughs) Right, so, uh, George, let's get straight into the music. Anyone For You is the new single. I'm looking forward to hearing the album Gold Rush Kid. Love the title. Mm. Tell us more about that. It was that, Matt. Like, I think over... In the past, I've really overwhelmed myself with the idea of touring, promoting, things like that. You said I've let it scare me in the past. And then over the last two years, and I know we've all experienced what we experienced... But I realised how much I love it and that it's not going to last forever. And I get to meet people, see things and do things I never thought I would. And so to treat it like a gold rush, that's how I thought. That's interesting. So you've sort of come full circle on it because yeah. you you went through a, a, a really torrid time with this. I think, I think it's hard. I find what language to use difficult. I, I definitely, I think it was self-inflicted. I think I was, um, I don't know, there's not much of a roadmap for it and it's full on. So it's it's not good, it's not bad. It's just a a full on experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, it, it, more than full circle. It's it's just um, I love it. And the last, you know, I released the song just last week, and everything I've experienced since has been, oh yeah, dude, this is cool. Yeah, this, yeah. It's more than cool. Yeah. It's the best thing. And we're all exactly where we're meant to be. Yeah. So so that sort of um, temporary uh, self imposed um, sabbatical. Uh, that you served on yourself means that the songs that came out now are different to the ones that would have come out before and so that's all meant to be isn't it but also yeah i mean i've always tied records to a journey of some sort and that's kind of been my shtick and then obviously we couldn't go anywhere and i was like oh dude yeah tell us about the original plan because the original plan was quite interesting well very interesting well, yeah the original plan was me and two of my closest friends were going to walk from land's end to john o'groats and so i was going to get the ideas together as we walked we, they're both filmmakers. So the idea was in the past, I've never documented the journey in this way. Um, so we got producers involved, directors involved, investors involved, and then obviously lockdown. So we couldn't do it. I wrote and recorded the album, woke up in 2021, and they were like, you've still got to do the walk. So the album's finished, but we, we're like contractually, we have to get up and do this walk. So we did, we walked 1,224 miles. We 95 days it took we camped 80 of them we met musicians along the way and made this incredible film where we visited musicians in the country and it was a once in a lifetime experience but it's funny isn't it because the the 
the songs that Journey was supposed to inspire mm. uh, were, were, were never done that way around. Mm. And so did you reflect on what the songs might have been had had it fallen into the chronological order it was originally meant to be in? If the war could come first, the songs would have been utterly useless. It would have been awful because we were exhausted. And there was that, like we just the idea was that I'd get the inspiration on this walk, no. and there was no no energy for any inspiration. Right. So and, but what ended up happening was we were okaying mixes for the album on the walk, and the two kind of informed one yeah, another. So yeah, then the yeah, album yeah, yeah, yeah. soundtracked this walk, and I right. was doing versions of the songs around the campfire, and it was awesome. So meant to be, yeah, man. Always. Meant to be, meant to be. But again, that's because I think that's because you put the work in, you you put the mental work, and you put the the spiritual work in as well, don't you? Um, can we talk about TM? We can absolutely. All right. Yeah. So when did when did you start? First of all, why did you turn to TM? Uh, for, what is it for people who don't know? Why did you turn to it? Uh, how did you find it to begin with? Uh, and how does it sit in your life now? TM is a kind of meditation for me. It's just 20 minutes of eyes closed and you repeat a word, a mantra. Oftentimes, I don't get many times through the mantra. I just think about all sorts of nonsense. But it's 20 minutes of stopping, which is good. Um, I did it, you know, I didn't miss a day. And then the walk kind of served as its own thing. Truly. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, when you're walking, we were doing between 20 and 30 miles a day and that served as its own thing. I always say to people as well, it might be badminton, it might be bike riding, it might be cross stitch, it might be cooking. Who knows what it is? Yeah, yeah. But just find something that helps you switch off in some way. Yeah, so you can meditate or be meditated. There you go. Yeah, and sometimes if, you, if, you, if you're reluctant or you're apprehensive or you're nervous or you're fearful of dipping your toe in the pool of meditation, be meditated mm. by music. The Zen thing, if you go one step, further you may know about this mm. but zen meditation is often to go to a school of zen what happens is you do these hours and hours of seated meditation called uh, zazen which is bizarre means sitting zen is what it is and um and then you have five minute breaks every 25 minutes within the half hour period and the five minutes is a walking meditation Aww. because that is as effective as zazen yeah. sitting and you you took this to the other extreme so what did you find find out about yourself in that more relaxed being meditated whilst automatically meditated whilst walking i think that i learned an awful lot and kind of in an underwhelming way it takes you back to somewhere that isn't that exciting which is just oh yeah you're all right you are who you, you are who you you're enough you were. Yeah. you're enough and this is cool i think that's the thing isn't it you know of uh, often somebody who's going to write a book or they're going to make a movie and they've done all the heavy lifting and all you have to do is put the essence on the cake which is a bit of pr or whatever yeah, it may yeah. be and the the people who last longest do that the best do you know what it was hilarious i remember going into the second record and um just as an observation i was talking to my manager and i was like it's amazing isn't it you you probably never have to you have to keep saying to people i've got something out you have to knock yeah. on the door and say hello and th I, that exact day you had done something with noel gallagher in promotion that's noel gallagher yeah. right and he goes look at this Dude, he's still, you know, you've got to knock on the door and say, I'm here, I've yeah, got yeah. something out. And be happy with your own stuff. Well, you that's know? it. Yeah, yeah, and say, yeah. by the way, I have this. Anybody interested? Uh, I'm just putting it out there. By the way, you don't have to tell me now. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. fact, you never have to tell me, but you do have to let people know. Otherwise, yeah. sort of, what's the point? Yeah. You know, you can, be, I think you can be too zen. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't be too zen. That's such an unzen thing to yeah, say. Don't take it too far. Oh, now and zen. Uh, that song, by the way, that single has got everything going on. It's got all the gear changed. It's got the big anthemic yeah. chorus going on. Then it goes all quiet. It's, got, it's even got a break in it, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, man. Well, I, like, I write with a friend of mine, Joel, and you know we yeah. were like kind of getting it together as best we could in the studio. And then when things started to open up, we were actually, we recorded the album down the road from here. Right. So we did five or six weeks in Bermondsey. 
Perfect. I'd get, Good vibe. get off the train here and walk down Bermondsey Street and yep. that was awesome each morning. And then, you know, the band could come in and just watching it come alive, it was, yeah, special. Listen, we've got a guitar. Can you be bothered or not? I can give it a go. Yeah, what, are you gonna, what do you want to do? Well, I can try and give that a go, but it will be the more acoustic well, version. Yeah, well, take your time. I mean, well, having said that, Eddie's on at 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is um, it tuned? Yeah, it is, yeah. Give us whatever you fancy. Tiger Lily moved to the city, she just turned 21 And I said, here's my number, hit me up if you're needing anyone And I could be anyone, 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 anyone for you Anyone, 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 anyone the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. If it's British funny and on the telly, there's a strong chance our next guest has something to do with it. And more proof is in the pudding of his new show. The Curse starts this Sunday at 10pm on Channel 4. So please welcome a man cursed with both talent and ability. It's the comedy colossus, Tom Davis. All right, Tom. <laughs> Hello, sir. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, very well. How are you, my friend? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm, early morning, I've got a little one, so I've got a... Seven weeks old baby, so it's an early morning. Tom, don't talk to us about early mornings, whatever you do. <laughs> You've been busting them for a long time. Yeah, you are not preaching to the choir here, pal, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> we were up at four. What about you? Uh, yeah, about four, four, okay. four thirty. That's four fair 30. enough. That's fair enough because we are getting paid and we get to play really loud music. You don't do any of those things. Um, no, no, no. Tom, congratulations, the curse. I'm saying I'm, I'm throwing things in here into the Nutribullet of, um, of of flavors. I'm, I'm putting I'm putting Lockstock in there. Are you all right with that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm putting Brassic in there. I'm putting Mind It yeah. in there. I'm putting Only yeah. Fools and Horses in there. Um, <laughs> it's all gorgeous, mate. Congratulations. For people who don't know, and they won't know because it's not been on yet, um, tell, every, tell everybody who's the gang and what are they getting up to? So it's a heist uh, sort of, uh, I guess, in a sense of comedy drama. It's, it's, um, it's about sort of uh, this group of hapless fools who get uh, sort of full basically into sort of, they, they think they're going to do this sort of small time robbery and it ends up being the biggest uh, heist of all time. Uh, and it's uh, myself and uh, my uh, sort of writing partner and uh, directing cohort, James LaFrond, and we've teamed up with the guys from People Just Do Nothing. So it's a real um, mix of the, the working class uh, comedians out there. It's, it's, a, it's been a real fun experience to make. All right, and we have, we have the, the, the vault of platinum that is the 80s uh from which to or in which to bask and i loved it mate i absolutely loved it we were there of course we were there and i could smell the 80s uh, through the screen and uh, for a start i don't know i don't know which company which sh- sort of showbiz car providing company has the full granada gxl but i'd love to have a conversation about that off the air <laughs> Yeah, that would be. Uh, you want to be speaking to Anna Sheldrake, who's. Uh, oh. I'll put you in touch. She's the queen of uh, everything that happens on screen for us. All the, 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 the everything that you see that makes it feel and uh, just a look to the aces is all is all her and James's vision. It's an incredible uh, partnership that they have um, to sort of bring the eighties to life. It was clever as well because it's sort of set in the early eighties, and it's sort of that spill when with the working classes, they're still sort of dressing almost like it's the seventies. You know, money's sort of tight and. 
yeah, it's a really interesting time. And yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, yeah, they're, they're very talented guys. Yeah, no, you're right. It's because fashion wise, it's sort of where the 70s and the 80s, it's a sort of, it's a sort of road traffic accident of fashion, isn't it? That's, that's what yeah. goes on there. Cause they're not quite, it's not really sorted itself out yet, fashion. No. And I mean, also, it's my character has, for sort of the, the bulk of the series, he has just basically like one costume and, uh, it was sort of bought at a vintage shop and the BO from whoever had it before was so ingrained within the thread. If you wore it for 10 minutes, you'd start humming pretty bad. So I had that on for sort of six weeks nearly. It was pretty, pretty strong, Chris. But those kind of tracky tops, they sort of, they were almost um, breeding grounds for, um, for body odour, weren't they? I mean, it's almost like yeah. that's, they were clothed second and whatever that was first. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you can now see why everyone was just glazed in brute because uh, <laughs> the uh, the body odors were so strong. By the way, I'm uh, I'm so into the eighties, right, Tom? That um, if I see some Old Spice, you know, boxed on eBay or Etsy, you know, I have to, I just have to buy it for people for presents for Christmas. I don't know, I don't know what the carbon footprint of an Old Spice bottle is, but I bet it's massive. <laughs> Well, we, we've added to it because we were all wearing a bit of brute or a bit of old spice. We got really into it, so we were all we were all busting a little bit of that oh, to get into mate, character. Mate, um, it's actually you know what it gets a real bat bum rat, doesn't it? But it actually, smells all right. It's, it's got a nice yeah. You know, it's like a walk down memory lane or a handshake with an old friend. Yeah, brute splash it all over, and <laughs> um, then old spice and also high karate. Do you remember high karate? Oh, my God, Jet. Well, that was a glass, wasn't it? The that best. Was the that glass. was the best. All right, so, Tom, uh, extremely funny, uh, this. And quite almost believable. Is it based on a true story? It's based on sort of a, a number of different stories. Like, uh, we, you know, when you're making something like this, we, myself, James, and the boys, we went into quite intensive um, research into, yeah, different heists, like globally, really. Uh, but they were all our own characters. It was the sort of world that we wanted to create. We, we sort of... Yeah, you know, we've been massively inspired by things like Fargo, and 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 so we we when, when making this, it was just like, yeah, take your inspiration, but let, let's make our own story and run with that, which has been uh, that's the joy of it, really. It's, as, as writers and creators, you want to be able to, you don't want to be penned in by actual events. You want to be able to play around with uh, your own sort of universe. Tom, uh, I'm re- I'm really pleased for you, mate. Uh, what was the what was the first script you ever got paid for? Oh man, that was. Uh, a thing called the warm-up guy, which right. you know, uh, we did as a taster, um, which was almost 10 years ago now for Channel 4. So it's sort of, um, yeah, we, we did a... Uh, Shane Allen, who's been an amazing part of mine and James's growth in this industry, commissioned, yeah, so we did like a... half. We, we got we got given a small amount to do a five-minute uh, scene and we shot a whole... Six, uh, we shot like a pilot for that. And uh, since then, we've been making stuff for very little money and... Uh, that's become a we're like the Wilkinsons of television. We we you get a great budget, uh, you get a great uh, you get a great product for a very small budget. Uh, budget. So uh, that's uh, me, me and James. But yeah, so it's um, but it's been an amazing ride, and, and yeah, so, so this this feels like uh, another step up in a sense, you know. And that's, I think that's what you have to try and do in any part of life is grow what you're doing and, and um, push yourself. And I think yeah, this the sort of the, the comedy side of this was one part we loved, but also that sort of thriller and the sort of heist nature of it was uh, was a lot of fun. And I hope I hope that comes across. It does in spades. And how's that home gym of yours going? Amazing. And the cold showers are still, are still <laughs> incredible. I, I feel invigorated. 
<laughs> all right, mate. Uh, lots of love. Good Thanks job. for being on the show. Good luck with everything. Cheers, Chris. All Thank right, you. you're awesome. Cheers, mate. It is brilliant. It's called The Curse. Starts Sunday, 6th of Feb, uh, 10 p.m. Channel 4, but you can watch it. Uh, you can download the first ep or all six of them, I don't know, from one minute past midnight on Sunday. All six. So you can watch all six on Sunday if you like. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Our next guest may be familiar if you've ever watched a television. He conquered the world in the Big Bang Theory and now he's gone full thriller. The new Apple TV Plus series Suspicion starts today. So join us as we skip math, science, history and get straight to the mysteries with the brilliant Kunal Nayar. Hey, mate, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I can't imagine why you want to go back to Los Angeles when the weather's like this here. (laughs) Oh, it's such a beautiful (laughs) London day. If London could skip January and February, it would yeah. be a great city. Yeah, well, it is a great city anyhow, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Today is particularly um, um, uh, dricked. Uh, yeah. Or dricked. What's the word? Dricht. Dricht, the Scottish word dricht. <laughs> and we've just got live footage in on Rachel's phone from her kids because it's snowing. It is snowing heavily in Chesham. Right. Heavily, just ah. over the other side of the Chiltern's from you, Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's lovely. Which is sort of on the way to Heathrow. What time's your flight? Uh, 2.30. Can we come with you? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the end of a week of press promo for yeah. this new show, uh, Suspicion. Um, Suspicion is available to watch right now on Apple TV Plus, and we we all watched episode one yesterday. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. It thanks. is so awesome. It's it has the 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 opening episode has a lot of what a season finale might have in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but the thing is, you have to wait eight weeks to find out who did it, <laughs> which I think is it really lends itself. You know, people binge watch shows yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think this show really lends itself to waiting a week, digesting, and seeing what happens. Well, that's the HBO thing, isn't it? That's what they like to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Which is so cool. I think I think it's so cool. Zig when everybody else is zagging. Why don't you? I like that. Uh, before we get onto the onto the the plot of that. Um, Obviously, we must talk a little bit about... We don't have to, okay. about the Big Bang Theory. But here's, here's how I'll, we'll do that. From all the interviews you've done, because this is the last one, and you, and you very kindly said, uh, what, a, what a great uh, place to finish. Is that because we're nearest Heathrow or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the train. Um, but what, what kind of conversations have you been having this week that might be useful? Let's just take the pick of the, the interviews this week. Just give us the best questions, the best responses, because why not? Okay, yeah, I'm glad you guys did your research. Um, I think <laughs> no, I, we have. I just think that's that's a, a good way to go. Yeah, no, that's. I I don't even know. Like, I mean, it's look, it's hard. I love Big Bang was the greatest experience of my life. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. it gave me everything. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm so humbled and grateful. But it is also nice to step into different clothes, play a different character, and yeah. try something new. And not so much just to prove that I can do it, but to challenge myself. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that completely. You know? um, one of the things about Big Bang Theory, and I know you've been asked this before, yeah, is um, for. Four years, you were the third highest paid TV star in the world. Yeah. The third. It's cool to be the third. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. Yeah. It's because I'm, I'm guessing the third was pretty, it was pretty okay. Yeah, but after I paid my taxes, I was like the 17th. <laughs> were you resident in California at the time? Uh, California, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, if we, apparently, we had this big thing on the show earlier on this week that if mm-hmm. you move to Texas, there's like zero. Yeah, exactly. Is that, and there's six other states that have zero yeah. income tax, but you still pay a Fed tax, is that right? Yeah, something like that. I'm not the right person to ask. Who, who were one and two in your list? Uh, it, everyone on the show. So it was like, oh, I think I Jim, just... Johnny, me and Simon. So you yeah. just reeled the roost. The show ruled the roost. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, not, it's an interesting... It, and, and in all honesty, actually, to be serious, it's an odd thing when people know how much money you make. It's just an odd... Or they think they do. Or they think they do, or whatever it is, when it's reported. It's an odd 
experience like sociologically to have as a human being to walk around and people react to you because they know how much money you make yeah yet a week ago i was literally the same person yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, something happened to me circumstantially on the outside and then the reaction changed for me it was very fascinating yeah and i suppose that's an exponential uh, situation because you, it's also in your head as well yes absolutely look i will say that the greatest thing to about being successful for me has been the ability to give back yeah. the ability to do all the charitable work that we've been able to do uh, you know it can really empower you to give back and do good in this world because you can't take it with you you know, yeah. you can't take it with you. It's quite right. All right, okay, now let's talk about um, Suspicion because it is awesome. It is awesome. Oh, thank you. Because we have to watch a lot of these kind of shows. For this, yeah, I can imagine. Right? Yeah. And you can tell, you know, um, you can tell when certain certain um, scenes have to be eked out, budget kind of thing, you know, more screenplay yeah. than script. And Understood. this one you think, no, 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 no. This is, this is oh, fantastic. Thanks, man. And what's great is that we have these pivotal characters mm-hmm. who have absolutely seem to have on the surface very little connection mm-hmm. all have fantastic backstories themselves <laughs> each character could probably carry a series like this oh that's sweet Thank and, you. and 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 we're um you know there's an the pacing is beautiful because you think the first 10 first 20 minutes oh i see i see they're taking they're giving each character like six seven minutes mm-hmm. and um there's a manhattan london kind of vibe yeah. going on anyway do you think you know who's done it already i haven't got a clue but here's the thing i've yeah. learned not to mind about that yeah yeah. because yeah, i'm yeah, i'm yeah. i'm i'm on for the i'm in for the ride you know thank you i'm on so can you frame um what what has happened um yeah. the queen for start you know for someone who you, elizabeth ii yeah. um mugging people in the opening CCTV so ba- yeah footage. basically uh uma thurman uh, plays this uh, a large uh, corporate uh, pr president and she's just been named uh, the us ambassador to the uk and her son gets kidnapped in manhattan and four british citizens are implicated or five in that kidnapping because they were all there the night of the kidnapping in that hotel and they come back to London it's the power of social media this video goes viral and their lives turn upside down in a, in a, in a day where they wake up in the morning and they're wanted by the police okay now you you play uh, a would-be um, sort of uh uh, I guess a cyber security so, expert, yeah. but living in living with his in-laws and working in a carpet, uh, working as a carpet salesman. So wants something better from his life. Yeah, uh, desperate for something better from his life. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's a real testament to how most of us are, right? We always want to be in a different situation than we are right now. And he's definitely one of those people who wants to better his life for him and his wife. And nobody believes in him um, anywhere near as much as he does, but even that's a little bit fragile, to say the least. Yes, of course. I think self-confidence doesn't come naturally to him. Good night. It's great to have you on the <laughs> no, programme. Thank you. you guys have been so kind. Thank You're you so awesome. Much. Um, uh, thanks. thanks for sticking with us. Uh, thanks for having a great week. Uh, give our love to LA and the sunshine. Um, okay. Don't send us any Instagram pictures. We're depressed enough as it is. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right then, dear podcast listener, we've heard from a bunch of sensational guests already, but would you believe it, there's still so much more to come. The brilliantly comedic mind of Kerry Godleyman tells us tales from a new stand-up tour, Bosch, and of course, the season finale of Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. Yale professor Zoe Chance shares phenomenally fascinating facts from her first ever book, Influence is Your Superpower. Acting sensation Josh Hartnett thrills us with news. Have his fresh out of the box Sky Original miniseries, The Fear Index. Fab food writer and chef Ching Hei Huang with some incredible chat and nosebag to celebrate the Chinese New Year of the tiger and last leg legend Adam Hills turns the pages of his brand new debut novel, Rockstar Detectives. 
all that still to come, so let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, who's next? Whether she's making you well up in afterlife or making you howl on stage, our next guest is always worth a watch. Her UK stand-up tour, Bosch, lands at the Bloomsbury Theatre in London this Saturday. So if you want to see a stand-up boss, then part with your dosh and get tickets for the superb Kerry Godleyman. Kerry, I'm buying or selling tickets, buying or selling. Kerry, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Okay, uh, so you're all at it. Ricky's been out recently. Um, Russell Brand uh, plays the Apollo tomorrow night here in London, and you're at it on Saturday. How does it feel? Oh, it's so lovely to be back, back gigging. It's delightful. Yeah, and how's it going so far? How are the audiences? Um, what, has anything changed uh, pre and post COVID? Um, they did for a bit because I did quite a few shows in the autumn as well, and then it still felt a bit like we were in transition. But right. now. It just feels like we're back. It's just back. It's not even, people don't even want to talk about COVID anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, just crack on, which suits me because the show's called Bosch. So I'm like, let's just <laughs> crack on with the jokes. Right. And it's called Bosch because of your tendency, your disposition for what? Slight impatience, a kind of <laughs> desire to move through life like a bullet pointed odyssey. But, um, Sometimes that doesn't serve me well, so that's where the comedy sits. All right, so, is, so how, how, where are you on the bull in a china shop scale? Um, I can, it depends. I mean, I can be sensitive as well. I mean, this is what I talk about in the show is like when it comes to parenting, Bosch doesn't really work very well. No. But on Taskmaster, where I picked up the nickname, it served me very well because I ended up winning. Yeah, let's get back to that. Taskmaster Series 7, Rachel, over to you. Morning, Kerry. Hello, Rachel. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I messaged Alex this morning saying, oh, Kerry's on the show today. And Alex replied saying, oh, when she was on Taskmaster, her catchphrase was Bosch. And I said, yes, yes. that's what her new term is called. But yes, and Greg Davis wanted 15% of takings for coming up with it. And have you signed that contract? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> How did this philosophy Bosch serve you well in Taskmaster then? Because I didn't overthink things. Right. Like I didn't have a strategy. I, every time I did a task... Yeah. My first thing I said to Alex or, or the crew was, surely everybody did it like that. Yeah. And they would go, no, they didn't. They didn't all do it like that. I just, I just cracked on. I, that was my way of doing things. It was like, right, how do I get this over there? And I chucked it, mostly. Yeah, this, and, <laughs> and I just didn't understand how some, of, <laughs> some people come at things very differently. We all have different ways of approaching tasks don't we well we do we do i mean i was reading a book over the weekend and i would highly recommend it. it's called one blade of grass and it's the autobiography of a zen master um but ah. uh, and he started off uh he had eczema as a child it's a, and, you know, the first three chapters are about basically having eczema and then him yeah. not having it and then him getting it again and him trying to figure out why and it ended up in new mexico but he talks about writing from a Zen point of view, and he says, first thought, best thought, get it down. Uh, that, that is the Zen way, you know. It's the Bosch. Bosch is quite Zen, if you, if you like, I, well, I think. That's what, I, that's what I was sort of alluding to. But <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It, but it's not to do with impulse. It's to do with instinct, which is entirely yes. different. Yeah, absolutely. That does seem to be how I go about things. The minute I let doubt in, it all unravels. So <laughs> I do my best to keep it out. And... Um, but sometimes, you know, those those kind of musings and nuance are helpful as well. So it's just exploring these, you know, instincts a bit. All right. So so one subheading is parenting. What other bosh subject or other oh other my. subjects do you bosh up and down in your in your stand up show? It's always funny when you're asked what the show's about because then you go into bullet point mode. So I'm like, right, I've got stuff about consumerism. I've got a talking cat. Uh, there's um, stuff about flirting in the 80s. Speak and spells. 
Uh, camping. My camper van. <laughs> Speaking spells. I love that. Uh, do you have a? That was... Do you currently have a camper van? I have got a camper van. Tell me. Chris, tell yeah. me about the camper van. Come well, on. it's relentlessly disappointing. That's what I can tell you about my camper van. It breaks down all the time and right. I don't know why I've still got it and it doesn't help with my Bosch nature because I'm very impatient and you have to have a lot of patience I think you need to be a tinkerer to really get joy out of a camper van and yeah. I'm not I'm or not you just or you just get somebody to have a proper look at it one day and, and you know, give... I know but I seem to be needing those people every day no, but they not... need to constantly no. be looking at no, it because that's react that's re- can you fix this can you fix that can you what you need to do next winter or maybe now in time for summer look yeah. um, what kind of camper van is it it's a Caravel 1992 oh, right. And it is... It's a is, lovely thing, have you, visually. Have, have you sexed the van? Yeah, it's all souped up nice. No, have, Someone's... You, have you sexed the van? Oh, what does that mean? Is the van a she or a he? Oh, I don't like the anthropomorphising of vehicles. That, I'm not, well, I see, <laughs> already your van is feeling that pain. Oh, when people go, oh, here comes Deborah. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Somebody said to me the other day, would you, would you be interested in buying Betty? I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> so don't worry, don't worry, she's a campaign. Oh, yes, in that case, let's... let's oh, let's, I let's can't get on board with that. That's another... Because then you build a relationship with it, and I'm, I'm really angry with her van. Well, you, but you uh, have... Hang on a minute, you have a relationship, but it's one based on anger, based in yeah, anger. Yeah, I know, but it's based on it being a non-sentient piece. Of, it's, a, it's, it's a machine. Well, yeah, but it's not working, is it, that attitude? <laughs> no, you're right, it really so is we, we need to revisit this. Um, <laughs> no, but also, you need somebody to have a proper look at her. I'm going to say her. I'm saying her, is what you're, I'm they're always a her. That's the other thing I don't understand. We did call it Mitch, actually. Now I remember you know when we what? bought it. Do you know what I'm calling her? We called it? it Mitch. Do you know what I'm calling her? Go on. Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Oh, what? Afterlife Lisa. Yeah. Oh, no, that's too... No, that's... That'll be too emotional every time we go anywhere. <laughs> this is what you want, though. All right, so so, so you have the camper van. And even though the camper van doesn't, doesn't seem to be serving you well... By the way, I think there's no such thing... But let's let's borrow another another narrative from um, uh, season three of Afterlife. I don't think there's any such thing as a, as a bad camper, just a bad camper van owner. I think... To be honest, I think you're right. Yeah. I have... I have got bad. I've got a bad attitude with regards. Why to that don't you van. let me have your camper van for a month, and I will return her to you? Yeah. And I will. I will. I will go and. I will go and. I will. I'll take her for a drive. Yeah. yeah. Give we'll, her love. We'll, give her love. We'll give her some love, and then she'll yeah. get back to you before what, what, April, Easter. When do you want to? Oh, that'd back? be perfect. For, that'd be really good for me. Thank you. That'd be perfect. Just in time for the summer. Kerry, thanks for being on the show. Oh, pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right. Kerry's Bosch Tour continues this Saturday, 5th of Feb, in London. Tickets at kerrygodleman.com. Afterlife Series 3 available on Netflix via Sky Q and Trigger Point. Available to watch again um, episodes 1 and 2 on the ITV Hub. Yeah. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He'll stop you turning the channel in the last leg, but make you turn the pages of his latest release. His first children's novel, Rockstar Detectives, is out now. And here with more on the kids that have to keep time whilst avoiding doing time, it's the superb Adam Hill. Nice intro. Good morning, Adam. Best intro ever. 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 <laughs> All right, so well then, congratulations on writing your first kids' book. And by the way, you've gone for it's not a murder mystery, but it's a, it's an arty mystery, uh, which takes some doing. So congratulations, well done. Thank you. There was a moment uh, where someone said to me uh, about halfway through writing it, "Did you do that thing where you posted post-it notes all over the wall?" The to murder try and, wall. Yeah, the murder wall. Yeah. And I said no, and I really wish I had. <laughs> just well, from now on, just lie. Say, of course. <laughs> How else would you put together yeah. a, a, a Christie-esque kind of uh, mystery?
mystery like this. But it's cool, isn't it? Because, of course, innocent until proven guilty. But no, it seems the other way around here for our heroes, George and Charlie. Absolutely. So so I came up with the idea because my daughter, um, when she was nine, said to me, Daddy, when I grow up, I can't decide if I want to be a rock star or a detective. Yeah. And being the supportive parent, I went, you can be both. Yep. You can be a rock star and a detective. And then we kind of started improvising an idea for a story. And then, But I wanted it to be a story where it looks like these guys are committing the crimes. So they have to solve. So basically, Charlie and George are doing their first ever rock star tour. They're 12 years old. They're going around Europe together. But everywhere they perform, a piece of art is stolen. And, it's not, and by the way, not just a piece of art. Like the most famous painting in that country the world's ever heard of. Yes, like it's the Van, a, a Van Gogh Usually, painting. Has for been example. Taken from the Van Gogh Museum. Or a Da Vinci. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know. And all the evidence makes it look like they're doing it. So they have so to solve cool. the crime. It's so cool. And maybe they are. Who knows, who knows for certain if they are not? Mm-hmm. But of course, the two, like you say, the two. Um, uh, rock stardom and um, super uh, sleuthism are not mutually exclusive because, of course, um, Sherlock Holmes had his violin. Yes, there's always kind of a rock star element there's to be. There's a muse kind of thing going yeah, on, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. A contemplative, helpful muse sitting on the super sleuth's shoulder. You have to look at the at life slightly differently, yes. I think. And even to the point where George is in a wheelchair, yep. but his wheelchair is an advantage because he does look at life from a different angle. He sees clues that nobody else sees. Yep. And also he wants to be a comedian, so... You know, look, again, looking at life on a different angle makes you see things other people don't yeah, see, which he makes wants you a good to be comedian. A sitting down stand up comedian is what <laughs> he wants to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and of course, that, that speaks to your journey as well, doesn't it? And when George first chances upon Charlie, it's because he's at that level that he's able to film her doing what she's doing and take interest in her. Just tell us about how they meet, because it's sort of beautiful. Well, basically, so you're exactly right. The first mention of George in a wheelchair, I wanted it to be, I wanted his wheelchair to be a positive, not a negative. So because he's lower down than everybody else, he sees Charlie on her own across the playground. Everyone else is standing up. They're playing with footballs. They're talking to each other. He sees the girl across the playground singing to herself, notices her, notices there's something about her. And then one day in class films her singing uh, and then, with her permission, uploads it, and that's how she becomes a viral superstar. Yeah, so and it's less threatening because of his disability and his situation. Absolutely. And then there's a there's a chase. There's a wheelchair chase later. Where I mean, <laughs> I an, love a, it. an able-bodied person wouldn't have managed to right. catch the and person it, fleeing. If somebody's just landed on the planet or never heard of you before, because you have your own disability. That's uh, right. So just just speak to that if you don't mind. For yeah. A so I was I was born without a right foot. Um, I've had it since birth. I've never had to get used to it. And for years, I considered myself not disabled because right. I didn't think it was enough of a bit missing. Yeah, yeah. And and also, there was always a stigma around disability that I didn't want to be a part of. I could separate myself from that. And then I was at the 2012 Paralympics and I saw the GB Paralympics team come into the stadium with fireworks and We Can Be Heroes playing. And suddenly, I went... Actually, no, I do want to be in that club. Can I be in that? I'd like to be in that club now, please. So that really was that really was a, a, a real life um, uh, moment of change, wasn't it? Absolutely, for, so, like, for millions and millions of people. And I feel kind of guilty about it because up until then, like I said, I didn't want to be associated. And what's, I kind of didn't want to be associated with the disability community. And like I talked about it on stage, but. I didn't really embrace it. I didn't want to be a spokesperson. And then I saw them being treated like heroes and suddenly went, oh, no, I want a piece of that. Yeah. So it's not so altruistic. A full reverse merit. <laughs> and the, be- the best selfishness is the self- selfless selfishness because there's drive there, but, you know, in the end, 
everybody wins and often um, uh, other people more than the proponent self themselves. Turns out all I needed as a kid was for someone to let off fireworks around me while singing We Can Be Heroes and giving me a standing That's ovation. It. That's it, while the world is watching and waiting. <laughs> and it served you very well. And by the way, you've served it very well um, because, Adam, you know that I'm a huge fan and you are 24 series, not episodes, series, 24 Catalan series into the last leg. Episode two tonight of series 24 it is it is episode 2 tonight and funnily enough I was just watching I mean I've always thought because I worked in radio um, when I started doing stand up comedy and you could again I by the way again, you there never are contracts know. available <laughs> in this building for the likes of you my friend well I've always thought The Last Leg is almost like a radio show that's being filmed because yeah. we're, we're live we're reacting to, to news that's happening and I was just watching you guys talking before what, you know just right before I came on about Boris Johnson and there are more resignations and what's going to happen and these are exactly the conversations we'll be having at nine o'clock tonight before doing the last leg and I kind of got it was exciting it's it's exciting to be reacting to stuff that's happening in the moment you've got to go I've got to go you've got to go I'm telling you you've got to go you've got to go to talk sport I do have to you're go to two talk minutes sport. late for talk sport if you want <laughs> yeah. more Adam Hill talk sport is where you need to go much too much too shades long shades long so hope to see you again oh I would love to this has been a joy this you're has awesome. been so much fun he's officially awesome yeah he's awesome Okay, another Australian in the building. Mm. Uh, this is proper breakfast radio, by the way. Do you know what I mean? How was your show? Well, what was your biggest show in radio? Uh, so I was on. I'm trying to think. I wrote. I wrote for the Today FM breakfast show in Sydney for a couple oh, of years. Oh, I see. Um, and then I co-hosted SAFM Adelaide. Good times and great rock and roll. You never forget that. <laughs> Catch up with the Black Thunders. They got icy cold cans of coke. Tickets to see Mariah Carey. Yeah, we got a high ooh and a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> there is a really weird thing when you're on radio in Australia and go, 6.15 in the morning, it's 28 degrees outside. Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, you've got to go. Otherwise, to go. I'm going to get in trouble. I'd love to be back It's not really in my fault. Proper brekkie radio Okay, again. you're awesome. <laughs> you're awesome. Come and see us. Come and see Thanks, us again. Thanks, bye. Come and work here. Adam Hills, uh, soon to be another superstar employee of Virgin Radio. Woo! <laughs> uh, but for now, his book, Rockstar Detectives, is out. So enjoy that. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. His cheekbones alone deserve a star on the Walk of Fame, and thankfully he has the talent to back it up. The brand new Sky original thriller, The Fear Index, starts next Thursday on Sky Atlantic. So if you think you've had a bad day, just wait until you've heard about his. It's the brilliant Josh Hartnett! Good morning, Josh! Chris, how are you? I'm very well. How are you today? I'm, I'm fantastic. It's early. How do you do this every morning? <laughs> We're not quite sure. We don't like to think about it too much. Um, Josh, we love your new show. It's really, really, really scary, which I suppose is the point. <laughs> the Fear Index. Yes, it sounds like it should be. And uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, we, had a, we had a fantastic time making it. It comes out in a couple of weeks and just looking forward to seeing what people think. Yeah, there are many fear arrows in your fear quiver. Um, so um, uh, there are many beautiful things as well, lots of eye candy in the show. So let, let's, you, you pick. Okay, here's some options for you. Imagine it's like the blind date of, of, of uh, interviews. So we could talk about the Wow House, the most Wow House I've ever seen, uh, presuming that's on the banks of Lake Geneva. We could talk about uh, the genius stock market busting algorithm, uh, which is also put another fear sort of arc, or the mysterious past of an ex-certain scientist who you play, which would you like to discuss first? Well, let's talk about me first. <laughs> okay, off you go. <laughs> okay, so CERN. Uh, well, my character was uh, was a young scientist at CERN who had everything figured out. He thought, but uh, he was a little unscrupulous with his with his research, and uh, it sort of mimics uh, Doctor Frankenstein's arc in a way. So he's 
Um, so he pushes it a little too far without concerning himself with the morality of it and ends up with an algorithm that may destroy him and the rest of the world. And all the mystery bombs are being sort of planted, aren't they, in, in episode one? Yes. And I mean, he's a... So So Alex Hoffman is, uh, is a very bright guy, but he has a few blind spots and his major blind spot being whether or not he should be even kind of partaking in this science in the first place. Secondly, he's obsessed with this, this project that he's been working on for a long time. And that combination has led him to this point where he's created something that he can't control. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest, I think the strongest element of this piece is that even though you, we have people creating things that they can uh, make sense of on the outside, once they've created it, this sometimes AI technology moves beyond their, their comprehension. So no individual scientist can actually, um, uh, can actually vet it out and try and figure out what it's thinking. And so it can think beyond them, which, which in this, in this case is not good. Yeah. And initially we think he's bereft of any, any kind of moral com- compass and he's some kind of um, evil sort of bond like um, uh, genius, but maybe it's the conflict that starts creeping in straight away. His inner turmoil. We don't know. Uh, don't, don't spoil it for us. I'll try not to spoil it either. Uh, now the house, okay, his house. We all want to live in his house. I'm sure you wanted to live in it too. I'm sure you didn't ever want to leave. Please tell us it's a real house. Chris, I'm going to tell you something. Come on. It's not a real house. It's very <laughs> fortunate, but but the interiors are different from the exterior. No! And a lot in Hollywood. I got to tell you, not everything, you can't believe everything you see on TV. I'm sorry. I'm see, sorry now, I know, but I sort of, I, I'm aware of that, but I was looking for Cliz. No, this is, this is the interior of that house. Definitely, it has to be. Yeah, well, you know, it's not right move. Uh, and I, I, you know, it would be nice to have a piece of real estate like that, but it's not... Uh, yeah, one was in the oh, middle of uh, in the middle of uh, town, and one was out on the outskirts near Lake. Right, but you did get to go to Geneva and Lake Geneva, where it's gorgeous and, and the air is as good as it gets on this planet of ours. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes, for the show we did. Yeah, it is. It's it's a gorgeous place. We shot most of it in Budapest, actually, right. but uh, it resembles uh, Lake Geneva because, or Lake Geneva generally, because of Hausman. Yeah, Budapest yeah. is really cool for that because it does great horror sets. Uh, Dapper Dave, who works on the show, did your intro for you. Uh, there, he went to yeah. shoot, shoot an ad himself uh, in B- Budapest last week. Um, they've got it all going on. Right, let's talk about this because um, you know there's men. As I say, there's many different sort of uh, uh, flavors of fear, and you, you know it's not just one that you address in, in this in your brilliant brand new show. But there's also uh, the fear of um, sort of financial monopoly in the guise of a stock trade or stock market busting algorithm. Now, these algorithms already exist. We were just talking about this on the show um, last week um, because 55% of all trades now are controlled by by um, computers. Yes, and and they can they move much faster than people can. So, uh, so you can't really control them once you've let them loose. I mean, you can turn them off. But in this case, uh, you might might not be able to. I mean, that's that's the fear of creating something beyond your own comprehension or beyond your own control, right? Uh, and and as far as the financial stock markets go, this is uh, this is happening already. And when this book was written, it's a brilliant book. Uh, when this book was written, it was it was you know it was guessing at what was going to come in the future, but um, but it's here, you know, and we're releasing it at a time that these things are actually occurring. 
on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good job it's out now because uh, one of the most interesting things I heard about AI last week is that the reason stocks or futures or or current valuations in AI companies or tech companies, basically NASDAQ companies, I know you took your, the fear index is a, is a direct reference to the S&P 500, but it's not dissimilar, is because um, computer power, computing um, intelligence doubles every 18 months. So it's on an exponential curve. Yes, yeah, it's uh, I forget what the what the name of it is right now, which is un- unfortunate, but it does. I mean, that's why our, our, our you know our phones become so much more powerful year in year out, and they're actually holding back a lot of technology too, and and some you know for us for the public, but it's being used in the financial world for sure. Honestly, um, much of the team, and there's a big team working on this show, you, you wouldn't think it sometimes to hear me waffling on, but it's true. Um, we, we absolutely love it. Uh, and by the way, are you already always in peak fitness, your peak sort of pectoral fitness? Uh, because the kick comes off pretty quickly, let me tell you, and there's nothing to disappoint. <laughs> well, good. Well, there's a reason for people to see it, right? Good. <laughs> Let's leave it there. All right, Josh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, there he is. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, the show is awesome. Uh, that's Josh Hartnett talking about the Fear Index. The Fear Index, 9 p.m. next Thursday, 10th of Feb, Sky Atlantic. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Chinese New Year lands tomorrow, and if you're looking for the perfect food to celebrate, then look no further than our next guest. Her latest vital and vegan cookbook, Asian Green, is out now. So, ladies and gentlemen, with news on the Year of the Tiger, please put your paws together for the wonderful Ching Hey Huan. Hey, Ching, how you doing? Hi, I'm Chris nice Good. To see. It's been a while. Morning, it's been Thanks it's for the walk. Oh, it's a pleasure. Are you using it? Yeah, the walk still <laughs> takes pride of place in our kitchen. Yay! Absolutely, 100%. You're so, a walker. Uh, the, <laughs> walker. So, the Year of the Tiger, um, come on, uh, give it all the beans. Tell us all about the year okay, of the tiger. Okay, so the year, the tiger is one of the most auspicious animals. It's powerful, it's yeah. strong, it's got, you know, the eye of the tiger. You don't want to mess with the tiger. Uh-huh. One look and you're gone, okay? Right. Uh, it's the paws of the tiger, the claws of the tiger, and the roar of the tiger. So when a tiger really speaks up, you listen. So this is a very fast-paced year, and in fact, a good year for everybody. But sometimes... Even though the tiger is a fluffy, furry animal, it's obviously quite aggressive. Mm. So we have to be careful, you know, you don't want to mess with the tiger. So chill this year. Good chilled vibes, hanging out in the tree, beautiful animal, just licking its paws. That's what we want. <laughs> we don't want any chaos this year. Um, but this should be a, a fantastic year for everybody, as I say. Most of the animals uh, especially favours the horse, okay? Also the dog um, and also the goat. Yeah. So... It should be beautiful. And, but the metaphor of using an animal, you know, to signify and symbolise a year, mm. it's so useful, isn't it? Because yeah. it's, so, it's so sort of accessible, you know, it's it's so it's easier for kids to get a ha- handle on. I mentioned that you were coming on yesterday uh, to my boys. In fact, they asked me who was coming on today. And, you know, I said we're talking about the, the Lunar um, New Year, the Chinese Lunar New Year, and both of them knew straight away it was the tiger. Really? So it's just a great way, it's a great way of telling the story of, of the forthcoming 12 months and what's happening here. History and the different sort of strengths and weaknesses of of, of our world and what's yes. what's in our world. Absolutely, and you know, my niece and nephews love it as well. They all know their signs, and I always say to them, "Look, it doesn't matter what animal you are, because they always go, oh, I want to be the dragon,' or I want to be the tiger.' Yeah, but." 
really it's about channeling your inner animal spirit you know and whatever animal sign you are there's a real positive all of it's positive i mean the legend has it that you know buddha uh summoned the 12 animals before him before the before the world was created Mm. and these first 12 animals turned up and so these 12 animals are very noble and we all have the sign and actually there's also five elements you know to each of the animals so you know you could be a metal ox or you know a a water dragon Um, and you know it's it's very symbolic it's like our the western horoscope you know you've got the positives and it's all about channeling the positive because god knows we need bags of it (laughs) no we absolutely do 100 percent. and um you know usually you have these massive celebrations but once again because of covid even now um we're struggling with the celebrations but you have brought some food in and we're very grateful and pleasure by the way Looks gorgeous. I'm Aww. sure. It, I'm sure it tastes gorgeous, but feels amazing. <laughs> it's just, I've it's... never held food like this in my life before. This, I don't know. I just want to hold it forever. Oh, what have you got there? Street food, and I got this from a tiny store in Chinatown. Right. Two pounds fifty for these vegetable bowls, and you have to have vegetables at Chinese New Year. It's mm. all about symbolism. Mm. Vegetables uh, in Mandarin is Thai, and the homonym for Thai is prosperity so when you have vegetables it's not only good health it's also prosperity and the buns are round so round means uh, uniform and completeness and you've got two bowels there which symbolises double happiness and in Asia traditionally you'd have like a coloured rice paper so you've got a white starch paper underneath there but usually in Asia you've got like red or gold paper you know underneath the bowels so um, you know you have also different fillings if you're not veggie there's you know chicken which also symbolises Symbolizes um, power, uh, pork because lucky, and um, uh, what else? Uh, prawns and prawns symbolize laughter and happiness because the Cantonese uh, word for prawns is ha, sounds like laughter. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so cool! It is laughter. But what are they encasing? Because I've, I've never held anything like this before. Have you, Rachel? This is the most comforting thing to hold what, up to what, what is what <laughs> like is the packi- the packaging if you like what is so, that so the outer side you have a fluffy white bao bun and it's made basically made of a basic yeast dough oh my so um and it's uh got a that yeast that when you steam it it rises so it's, <laughs> never, never seen you devour anything like that on the show before oh my word it's soft and pillowy and inside you've got like bamboo shoots you've got um some shreds of uh carrots and also some uh crunchy woodier mushrooms which are super suspicious as well because it looks like it might be it could be too doughy for its own, own good but it melts in your mouth doesn't it yeah it's like a really mil- milky light milky oh. fluffy bow what do you think <laughs> yeah absolutely lovely as rachel says it's it's comforting yeah. it's just it, it it looks like a pillow it feels like a pillow and it's like <laughs> it's like sort of eating clouds <laughs> it's lovely you can eat it and sleep on oh, it oh my yeah. goodness me it is one of the nice things i've ever had that mm-hmm. Oh, Honestly, what are you doing tonight to celebrate? Uh, so feast for family, and so we're, I'm doing a hot pot. I, I can't oh, do all the different can elements. Can we come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, me! One of your hot. We had a hot pot over the weekend, but it's, it was pretty good, I have to say. It's my mum's recipe, which Tash can absolutely nail. Thank heaven for that, so it will live on. But. Um, <laughs> Yours is an entirely different kind of thing. What's going on with your hot pot? A uh, hot pot is like a, you put a broth in, in a pot, um, put it in the centre, and then lots of raw ingredients yeah, yeah, yeah. all sliced. And oh, then you, you cook. do yourself, don't yeah, you? I you forgot like... about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the so... best thing. The kids love it. It's the best thing. It's I the... don't have to properly cook. It's Just the best prep. thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And you get really spicy sauce if you want yes. as well. Yes, spicy oh mala hot, 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 hot. Sichuan hot sauce. Wow, you're the best. Uh, please don't leave it to you again.
Oh, thank you. I, I, no, absolutely not. All Whenever right. you need me, you need a walker, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> you will walk up and we will walk and roll. Um, right. Asian Green out now. Ching Hei Wang is where you need to go. Dot com uh, to find out more Chinese New Year tomorrow. Thank you, Ching. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Normally, we wouldn't recommend being under the influence, but today we're going to make an exception. Her first book, Influence is Your Superpower, is out today. So if you're going to take a chance, take a chance, take a chicka chance, chance on anyone, let it be the brilliant Zoe Chance. All right, Zoe, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for staying up there to talk to us or getting up early. We love your book, Influence is Your Superpower. It's out today. All right, so... Uh, lots of different chapters in the book, of course, um, and lots of chapter and a halves. Is that your um, deference to the uh, strategy of framing? Uh, interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. No, I really did it just for fun for myself <laughs> because I felt like it. And I want people to be encouraged to do things their own way. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of times when we're trying to climb up the ladder of success we look at other people and we think that we need to do what they do and really if you can offer something that's uniquely yours that can be as even more helpful than something you're doing to copy someone else but there is one behavioral science reason that i did the half chapters chris which is that we tend to average our experiences so if we read a bunch of long chapters it feels like a book with a lot of long, heavy chapters. And then if we have half chapters in the middle, it just feels like an easier to read book. So yeah, there was yeah. that reason too. Yeah, and also you did that thing there where you, you say my name to keep me interested, which is also in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do it unconsciously now. So Zoe. Which uh, actually, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no. Yes, Chris. Yes, Zoe. Um, let's talk about framing because framing is really important. There's a great story in uh, to do with framing um, to illustrate the point, and then you uh, take a deep dive into it to do with um, Steve Jobs and the, the guy he was after to become his CEO. So tell us the story, and then tell us more about framing. Oh yeah. So Steve Jobs had started Apple Computer in a garage, and he wants to find a CEO, and so he decides to go after John Scully, who's the CEO of PepsiCo, which is a billion dollar company. And he's like, John, we want you to be CEO. John's like, no, absolutely not. Please, no, please, no. He asks him multiple times. John keeps saying no, but what's one thing that's important here, and this is over multiple conversations, is that they become friends. First of all, Steve didn't give up, but he also didn't become annoying. And he ends up in their friendship, asking again in a very charming way, this powerful frame, he says, so would you like to sell sugar water for the rest of your life, John? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? And John Scully says, I just gulped. And I knew that I would wonder for the rest yep. of my life. That is that is so, so this... clever. It's so clever. <laughs> Give us some more examples of framing. That, so, so that frame, selling sugar water, was so powerful yeah. and sticky, if you will, because it's exactly what Scully was doing, but he's only able to take it in because he was friends with Steve Jobs at this point. Um, this, another example that I give of framing is in, because we were talking about taxes a little bit ago, the American tax code, we have had an estate tax for a long time, and there was a major push by the Republican Party to shift the framing of the estate tax to the death tax. And what we ended up doing over 20 years or so is 
moving the limit up from $600,000 at which estate tax kicked in to now it's $11 million just by this powerful framing of death taxes because you shouldn't be taxed for dying, right? That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're so right. And, you know, when you explain it, it, you think about the history of what's gone on here in the UK because there's a thing called mansion tax, you know, which people didn't like because, well, some people liked it, some people didn't. And and then you were finding out the mansion tax was about an amount of money and and some old grannies who just happened to have an amazing flat in London would be in charge of mansion tax, but they didn't have a mansion. They had a one-bedroom flat in Mayfair. So Yeah, so mansion tax like estate tax, it sounds like you're very rich and you should probably pay it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. Um, Right, so you talk about the, the bedroom principle of influencing behavior um is this people tend to take the path of least resistance so um for influencing can we also see facilitating and or enabling or is that too simplistic um facilitating or enabling yeah yes absolutely this is this is one very powerful way to be influential and whatever it is that you're trying to influence someone to do, it is always a good idea to make it as easy as possible and to remove as many obstacles as you possibly can. And that includes for yourself. If you're trying to have some more willpower than you do or something like this, if you can make it harder for you to do that thing. Uh, right. So anything else you'd like to say before we go? Anything you can give us as a, just a, like a, you know, a hip flask takeaway uh, to carry with us on this first day of February? Sure. We've talked about the easiest influence skill that I teach in the book. And I'll just give you a just briefest mention of the most difficult influence technique that I teach in the book, but it's magic. It's called shining. And it's when you're speaking in front of a room of people and you are shining your heart out at them and they will feel like they are the only person in the room. And this is actually a teachable, learnable skill. And I write about how you can do that. Okay. And you can't fake that. That's got to be real, hasn't it? It has to be real. Okay. And that's the whole point about the book, isn't it? If you try and use anything in the book for ill, it will come back and bite you. We hope that it will, right? (laughs) We do. We do. (laughs) Amen. With you all the way, Zoe. What are you going to do for the rest of the day now that we've got you up so early over there in Connecticut? Uh, I'm probably going to go back to sleep right now. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're absolutely wonderful. All the best. That is Influence is your superpower. The author with uh, Zoe Chance, how to get what you want without compromising who you are and also without trying to pull a fast one on anybody you may be um, in that influential situation with. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.